Welcome to the Magenta Nation podcast series, looking at topics of the day and separating fact from fiction so that we can all come together in our understanding. Everyone's opinion is important, and if we can't agree on what we're talking about, those opinions will be better informed. This is Joy Scott, your host. You can find more information about how we can become a more unified nation and order the handbook, Magenta Nation, at www.magenta-nation.com. Today's topic is about a concern you may have heard of. Is America becoming a socialist country? The fear around this issue is that socialism implies a loss of control of individual wealth and the means of production and may lay the basis for economic collapse. First of all, let's look at what socialism is. It's defined as economic and political theories advocating collective or government ownership and administration of the means of production and the distribution of goods. Socialism calls for public rather than private ownership or control of property and natural resources. Socialism and communism both build off the premise that individuals make societal contributions based on their abilities, with the government taking a big role in economic planning and controlling institutions. Both remove private business as the producer of goods and services. Let's note that there are key differences between socialism and communism. In a communist system, people would be given what the government says they need in terms of food, housing, and so on. Examples of this type of regime would be the former Soviet Union and communist China. Under socialism, people are compensated based on individual contribution. People who work harder get more. Communism sees property as public property, while socialism does allow for private property. Communism is both an economic and political philosophy, while socialism is primarily an economic one. The idea of taking the ownership of business from the hands of individuals into those of the state is very contrary to the principles of capitalism that have been at the heart of the American experiment since its inception. America has always been known as the country where an individual had the freedom to work hard, make their own way, and become successful. Means of production in America are owned by individuals and organizations or companies made up of individuals. Property is also owned by individuals, with the exception of some public lands set aside for the preservation of nature, public transportation like freeways, and lands owned by Native American tribes. So, America does not qualify as a socialist nation. There is a socialist party in America. It has about 70,000 members, but no one who identifies with the party has held federal office for years. The United States is classified as a capitalist nation. This means that the economic system is based on a free market where the production and provision of goods and services is almost exclusively conducted by private enterprise. Socialism does have a history in the U.S., although it has never been the prevalent political or economic philosophy here. In 1912, socialist candidate Eugene B. Debs got 6% of the popular vote for president, and 1,200 offices in 340 cities, including 79 mayorships, were held by socialists. At this time in history, society saw the rise of the labor market, the launch of the workers' comp system to protect injured workers, and other changes driven by the awareness of the way in which workers were exploited in the unfettered capitalistic system that had grown up as a byproduct of the Industrial Revolution. Writers like Upton Sinclair and others known as muckrakers 
raised the awareness of the plight of American workers and sparked a change of opinion and a new awareness and belief that the owners of America's wealth had an obligation to the workers who helped create it. With the Great Depression, the United States took further steps to cushion the blows of unfettered capitalism on the population with public work programs, public relief, and an enhanced role for government ensuring, for example, that financial institutions like banks were sound and safe. This trend continued in the 1960s with the creation of Social Security and Medicare for the elderly and Medicaid at the state level for those unable to pay for health care. Yet today, the U.S. is definitely still a capitalist country. The ownership of the means of production remains in private, not public, hands. So we may ask the question, is socialism a model for social and economic success in the rest of the world? What other nations are socialist, and how do they compare to America? Today, the nations that are classified as socialist are Cuba, Venezuela, and Bolivia. Cuba and Venezuela are famously unsuccessful socialist countries, but Bolivia is an example of a prosperous socialist state. It has cut extreme poverty and experiences the highest GDP growth in South America. What is far more prevalent today are countries that are not socialist, but those that have experienced success by adopting a national agenda that tempers the impact of pure capitalism with programs that provide a safety net for those in need and access to health care, education, including higher education, and child care. Many of the nations that went down this path began that journey in the wake of World War II. Although Europe was financially devastated, countries like the United Kingdom decided on principle that its citizens deserved access to universal health care, education, and basic financial subsistence. Today, many countries are classified as social democracies, including Norway, Finland, Sweden, Denmark, Great Britain, Canada, Holland, Spain, Ireland, Belgium, Switzerland, Australia, Japan, and New Zealand. Some Americans express concern that the United States will go down this path toward social democracy, and others see it as a solution to the gaps in the U.S. to close the wealth gap, to make education more universally available without accumulating huge debts, and ending health care disparities that afflict minorities and other groups. And others fear that our economy will be negatively impacted, that people will suffer from losing some of their rights to succeed or fail, and that such a system would reward people for being lazy or unproductive. Are social democracies successful? Well, nearly all of them rank in the top 30 largest gross domestic product, or GDPs, around the world. And that isn't their only measure of success. A study of 22 social democracies and the United States found that the social democracies all outstrip the U.S. in general well-being as an aggregate of economic prosperity, happiness, poverty and wealth equality, fiscal sustainability, and health. Let's look at one metric in this comparison and how it impacts the well-being of citizens as a whole, health care. Not only do these social democracies have overall better health outcomes than the U.S., but their citizens are protected from financial catastrophes caused by illness and accidents. One study found that 66% of American families who filed bankruptcy cited medical issues as a key contributor an estimated 530,000 families. This is a stark contrast to countries with single-payer healthcare systems supported by their governments. In those nations, 
there are no out-of-pocket health care expenses, and thus healthcare caused bankruptcy is virtually unheard of. So it appears that nations that are social democracies have happier people, are doing just as well economically as the U.S. or better, and the citizens enjoy a level of personal security knowing that basic needs such as health care are met. Do either of the political parties favor America becoming a socialist nation? Some parts of the Democratic Party do support a movement towards social democracy with all of the benefits that we've just described. Because our society today is quite complex, and the growing wealth gap between the rich and the middle and the lower classes must be remedied. The Republican Party supports unfettered capitalism with the belief that what is good for business is good for everyone. So you might ask, does socialism even have meaning anymore? What Americans think of that term is quite diverse and varies depending on who you speak to. According to Gallup polling, 23% of Americans think socialism refers to some sort of equality. 17% say it means government controls of business and the economy. And 34% said socialism was government-controlled business in 1949. So we see that this definition has changed over time, and socialism is much less associated with its original meaning of control of business and the economy. 10% say it means the provision of benefits and services, including social services, medicine, health care, and so on. So, in conclusion, to answer the question, is America becoming a socialist country, the answer is no. It is capitalistic, with an increasing concern for social services and economic equity. Based on the experience of other countries, if America were to move towards social democracy, the result would be positive a leveling of economic prosperity, more security, and greater happiness of its citizens. Thank you for listening to the Magenta Nation podcast. Again, for more information and the opportunity to order the book Magenta Nation, visit www.magenta-nation.com.